Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bets Online. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 23 of the podcast welcomes Matt Wright, former UCF kicker and current Detroit Lions kicker. Wright is a native of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He had a stellar high school career. He converted 15 of 18 field goals and was touted the number 46 specialist in the nation by ESPN. Wright was also a high-level soccer player, earning recognition from several media outlets as one of the premier high school players in the state of Pennsylvania. Wright would choose to play football for UCF, and in his first year, he redshirted behind three senior kickers. He would then go on to have one of the best careers in UCF football history, earning the following honors. Most career points with 375, most career field goals made with 55, 212 PATs, a program record that included a record 153 consecutive PATs. And Wright connected on 55 of 71 field goal attempts, making 75% of these, which is tied for the all-time record at UCF. After UCF, Wright would eventually sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers as an undrafted free agent following the 2019 NFL Draft. He was later waived in final cuts, but two months later, Wright would be selected by the Tampa Bay Vipers in Phase 5 of the 2020 XFL Draft. He would be released by Tampa during training camp, but 10 months after this stint, Wright was re-signed by the Steelers in November of 2020. This season, he was elevated to the Pittsburgh active roster for weeks 13, 16, and 17. Wright finished the season having made all of his four field goal attempts and all seven extra points. His practice squad contract with the Steelers expired on January 18th of 2021, but four days later, the Lions of Detroit signed Wright to a futures contract on January 22nd of 2021. Currently, Wright is preparing for the 21 season and hopes to make the Lions 53-man roster. Whew, impressive stuff, Matt. I'm really excited to catch up with you today to talk to you about what you've done to get to this point, obviously, and your plans moving forward. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here and uh, glad you could have me on today. You know, I've known you for a long time. Uh, I've 
since I'm so close to UCF, I'm an hour away. Um, I've got to know Matt through some of his peers and I actually started to work with a guy after Matt. So it's been fun. There's a couple guys at UCF that are currently there that it's just neat, you know, because the proximity of those guys at UCF have been able to come over and train with my year round program on Sundays in the off season. And it's been invaluable for me as a coach to, to bring these guys at this level um, into a local setting and give these high school kids just some hands-on experience with guys they look up to and watch on TV. So I, I just want to start the show by thanking you, Matt, for that, because without that, I'm a firm believer that I would not have the success that I've had as a coaching specialist. I think that what is different uh, in Florida, especially is we have year-round great weather and kids want to be here in the cold. And I just experienced that last week. So I'm just forever grateful for guys like you that have found their way to Florida and, and given back to my, my next generation of guys like you. First question, um, you know, I always like to ask guys like you about your, your background growing up. You know, I know that as specialists, we weren't always aspiring to be a kicker at six years old. Most of us played other things like soccer and basketball, hockey, tennis, swimming. All of these have, have proven to be excellent developmental sports um, because they're the best. We're getting the same core developmental groups uh, trained. I wanted you to tell us your background. I know, I know I mentioned soccer, but could you elaborate on, on soccer and perhaps anything else you played outside of football that helped you in becoming the kicker that you are today? Yes. So uh, I was a baseball, soccer, basketball guy growing up. Um, My freshman year of high school, I started kicking and I tried to do all four. Uh, So baseball, soccer, basketball, and football. And that was pretty time consuming year round. I didn't feel like I was doing anything but sports. So I uh, gave up basketball when that happened. And then I finished out uh, high school playing soccer, baseball, and football. Yeah, I, I think that obviously soccer is very helpful with the kicking, but the other sports too, just learning how to how to practice and focus on your craft. Like baseball is kind of similar to, to kicking and how technique driven it is. I couldn't agree more. I was going to ask you, um, do you think that the simple fact of being involved in a team and being coached by a coach, it's those little things that regardless of what the activity is, I think are, are important because you're going to have to take coaching the rest of your life. You're going to have to work with others the rest of your life. Do, do you find that just simply being in a team setting is beneficial to a specialist? Yeah, definitely. And uh, being in a team setting where you are able to take coaching and also learn from other people around you is big. Uh, that's why I always like coming out to kick with you is I could even learn from any of the guys that were there for the year round training and being in a team set and you get to kind of experience helping other people and also learning from other people. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like teaching is learning. I think teaching is ownership of your learning because if you can deliver it and, and give instruction and, you know, differentiate the instruction to cater to the needs of whoever's receiving the information, I think that is the, that is the final chapter. That's the final exam that you need to pass to say, yeah, I, in fact, I know this stuff. I own it. And I love what you said. I think it's such a good experience for a guy like you to give back to a young guy because you're going to see tendencies exacerbated, but it's, it's tendencies that you share with a kid that you may do much less often, but you still did them. So I, I love what you said. I like the parallels to baseball. I think golf is another one that people watch Matt Wright kick and they'll watch you this year in the fall in Detroit. And they're going to think that, man, when you're on, when you're in a rhythm, it almost seems effortless. It seems kind of easy. And I think that when things that are, despite being hard, when they're done well, they look seemingly simple. So I, I take a lot of pride in, in what I do. And I really, really respect people like you 
because you're the catalyst. I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but until a guy walks out and applies the things that we're working on and, and you execute them, I, I don't know if my young guys are as motivated until that, that occurs. So I'm going to um, kind of shift the focus to, to something that's a little more of a challenging question. You know, you spent five years at UCF. I mentioned you redshirted your first year. Uh, you had to do so because you walked into a situation when there was several guys that were three to four years older than you. Kind of wondering why you made that decision, uh, knowing what the situation was. Uh, were you anticipating on just having a year to, to get acclimated? And I want to also know, was, was it challenging to go from being a starter in everything you played your whole life and one of the best guys in your area out of the state of Pennsylvania to being in a reserve role for a year. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so the reason that I kind of went to UCF was because of the three senior kickers there. And uh, Sean Moffat was the, the guy for the past three years. So it was kind of assumed he was going to be the guy for his fourth year. Um, but I saw it as a good opportunity to, to get there and be able to learn from three experienced kickers and then hopefully have my share. But like you said, uh, it was difficult because uh, I don't think I sat bench for much of high school. So it was just like learning that you, you gotta, you gotta put in your due time, I guess, to, to be able to, to get to the places that you want to be. And, um, so that year was a lot of just soaking up as much as I could from the three senior kickers and, uh, just mentally preparing and physically preparing for the next year in any way I could. Yeah. You were fortunate because if you look at a lot of people's track, especially kids that go to a power five program, FBS level, they're often times having to wait two to three years to only get two on the field. And that's okay. I just, I just hope that kids are making the right decisions. Sometimes you could play at a little lower of a level and get on the field much sooner, have an impactful four years or so as a career, put up a lot more numbers because the last time I checked, you know, FCS division three, NAIA, the hashes are the same. It's still 18 feet, six inches. Um, there's still the same variables with wind and, and a snap hold. So I just, I try and encourage my guys more and more uh, over the years now to, to go where you're wanted. And it seemed you were fortunate. They wanted you and it was a great, great position to be in because I think most kids do in fact need the year of acclimation from being away from mom and dad, learning how to do laundry. Uh, how am I going to feed myself? I got to set my own alarm now. I've got to get myself to class. All these things are a balance. And we don't realize until we leave mommy and daddy sometimes how much they support us and take care of the things that seem obsolete. I'm going to go on to uh, another question about social media. Uh, you're not one to be on it as much as others. You're not a self-promoter. And I've always liked that about you. You kind of let your work do the talking. But when you do post, uh, it's about one, one of two things. It's usually about training or something related to training or, you know, I got a new dog or I love my family and I love my life. I'm grateful. And I think I think your follow is interesting and I like it because it's unique. It's not it's not the same each time. It's just it's very uh, how do I say this organic? You know, you, you're just putting yourself out there and, and you're, you're a great human. So could you share with the listeners, though, how you do manage your typical week right right now especially you know it's the off season i know a lot of guys like you in the nfl are taking those two two and a half months off recovering but what are you doing right now as far as uh, on the field in the weight room uh, are you watching yourself on film if so how do you do it is it off a phone are you setting up it on a shoe and then lastly most importantly do you have anything you would suggest to the young guys on the show who listen treatment and recovery what are you doing to take care of your body this time of year 
Yeah, so I'm in a little unique situation. I'm still working at Lockheed Martin right now. I'm weaning myself off. So I have that for 20 hours a week. But uh, wrapping that up shortly, but my kicking schedule, which is what I'm sure this is about, is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go out and I kick. I try to kick off once a week. I usually rotate that about if I go on Monday, then I'll wait till the next Monday. If I go on Wednesday, I'll wait till the next Wednesday. So try to keep that pretty spread out. I don't want to over, over kick off myself. And uh, every time I go out, I just make sure that I, I have a reason for going out there. So, for instance, if I'm if I'm doing kickoff day, then I know that for field goals, I'm just warming up to get the kickoffs. And if I'm doing a field goal day, even if everything like, for instance, I just kicked yesterday and I hated my uh, my first 15 field goals um, and I was only planning on doing 30. And so I really had to focus up and make sure that my second 15 were good because I wasn't going to let myself go over 30. So it's just really focusing on making sure I keep a keep like a count on my reps and make sure I have a reasoning for all my reps. Uh, after kicking Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I work out. Um, I'm working with a personal trainer who's a good friend of mine, and he wrote me a little kicker specific program. So work out Monday through Friday, and then uh, Tuesday, Thursdays are my off days from kicking. So I throw in yoga in the mornings and some sort of other activity, whether that just be like walking the dogs or something like that. Um, and then for recovery, I'm a I'm pretty big proponent of stretching, and that's mostly all that I do. I foam roll before I kick every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a decent amount of time. But what I really focus on is I stretch every single night and before I work out every day. So I do at least 20 to 30 minutes of stretching. And then uh, obviously, like I said, I do that yoga on Tuesday, Thursdays, and I find that really helps. This is more for the kids listening because our largest demographic are in fact high school specialists and, and college specialists. And one thing that I will say that comes up a lot is the mobility and, and the range of motion. And it's obvious, but but it's not being done. Uh, kids do not stretch. And I'm not saying static stretch. I'm saying all sorts of stretching, dynamic movements into a stretch to get your IT band, get your adductor, all ranges. I, I think that kids do very, very little in terms of stretching. I don't think they supplement stretching with any form of yoga uh, there's several types, but I, I, I used to be a big fan of the heated Bikram yoga at Miami. We used to get to do it once a week for about 45 minutes and go through the 20 or so postures. And, you know, as fit as we all were, all of us were challenged, you know, because all of us found very quickly that we were not very good and we had a lot of room to grow there. So it became to where like half the team and some kids were very unassuming, like D tackles were falling in love with this, with this yoga um, I don't think people realize until they get to be your age. Are you 24? Correct. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 24 is, is the point, especially when you do three or four sports growing up is when you start to feel that your body craves recovery, it recraves, it, it just, it, it wants to be cared for more than it did at 16, but it's nice to form these habits slowly, but surely at 15 and 16. So I really thank you for sharing that. And I also want to say one more thing about what you said about the 30 ball count. I don't imagine 15 of those are outside 50. I imagine that you are kicking those 30 reps in game situations. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're called on a 27 left or a 34 right. Um, seen a lot of the Twitter world fall in love with 60 yard field goals and a kid will go hit 30. He'll make two and post his better one. Um, not necessarily sure that's the best practice for several reasons, health and just practicality. You know, like I, I think you should be working where you're expected to, to make field goals from. Yeah. I think four were over. Yeah. Four were over 50, um, out of the 30 and then, 
they didn't go outside. I think 55 was the longest they did that day. That's crazy. See, no, it's right. I'm, I'm laughing because it's, it's really what I wish my kids would do is, is, is realize that they want to see you deadly 45 and in 40 and in high school deadly. They could care less what your 57 look like or how far across the bar, because I don't know about you, but I think my longest in high school was a 49. And that was the farthest I ever attempted. I didn't even get a 50 attempt. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now back to the show. All right, Matt. Uh, high school specialists now have more resources for development than ever. Specialists who play on Saturdays and Sundays have coached with experience in preparing high school level specialists. In my opinion, training is essential. Stars and rankings, however, are aesthetically pleasing and beginning to become a priority over training. What is your advice to high school kickers on personal instruction versus the camps and combines? Yeah, uh, number one is obviously getting getting yourself to be the best kicker that you can per, uh, possibly be with that personal instruction i believe um i'm a pretty big believer that you might need one or two camps to maybe get a star ranking but that shouldn't be your priority it shouldn't be oh i need to go to every camp where i can get the possibility to up my star ranking it should be get to be the most consistent solid kicker that you can be and then worry about your rankings after that because everything everything will figure itself out like if you're a good kicker, you're going to find a place to play. And if you find a place to play and you show out and you're still doing well, then everything will kind of fall into place and you'll get your opportunities. So I would just say the biggest focus should be making sure that you're perfecting your craft and then worry about the rest later. I agree. I think that for the exposure or like a litmus test, I, where do I really stand? You know, I'm 17 years old. I'm a Florida boy. I'm in, I'm in the sticks, the middle of nowhere. There's no one around me that can kick but me. And obviously I'm the best there. I think those type of kids, um, perhaps the guys that don't have support from a high school coach that has a good network. I do think that there is value in, in going and performing at these camps. But I, I think that kids should look at the standard, you know, and say, well, if I'm not meeting the standard to to be in the top 10 of my cohort or my or my grad class, perhaps I should work to meet that standard before going. I, I sometimes I think kids are going to show up and just, you know, have their best moment of their life. And usually they're going to perform to their level to, to, to what they've worked towards. And um, I, I don't understand like the to going and being mediocre and getting a three star because a three star is meaningless. It's not like a three star running back. Or a quarterback, a three-star quarterback will get you several offers. A three-star kicker, you are, I hate to say it, you're like 40th percentile because the 70th percentile is four and a half stars. And then, you know, obviously the kids are getting the offers of the 10 or 15 kids that do in fact receive that five. So 
yeah, I, I think it's important to know the standards, work towards those standards. And, and if you, in fact, meet those standards, go out there and compete. I saw a story yesterday. I, I always like to look you up, people up before I interview them. And I did notice an interesting comment you gave to a reporter. This was a few months ago. And you mentioned that NFL practices are a lot different than college practices. I found that very interesting because I thought that they would be a lot more comparable than the transition from high school to college, which we all know is a lot more structure, uh, a lot more planned. Uh, so could you explain what an NFL practice is like and perhaps the general experience of playing in the NFL? Uh, yeah. So start with the, the practice. So it's, it's a job. So it's really less structured than you'd think. Uh, you have your schedule. You're supposed to know the schedule and you're supposed to be everywhere you're supposed to be. When you're supposed to be there, you're not going to have anyone uh, knocking on your door or calling your phone if, if you're not where you're supposed to be. Uh, and then um, in terms of practice, yeah, just same thing. Uh, I knew what periods I was going to be kicking in and I didn't have anyone over from my shoulder like, hey, Matt, you should do this now because you got this coming up. It was I'm on my own. I get ready and uh, I got to perform when it's my time. And that's kind of a different thing between the NFL and college there is I I'm expected to go hundred percent every day. Whereas in college, it was kind of like, Oh, that's Matt. He'll be fine. Come game day. It's, it's not that anymore. It's uh, I got to make sure I come out with my A game every day, especially with the, the situation that I was in in Pittsburgh. But um, in terms of uh, games, yeah. Like, like I also said, it's you're, you're on your own pretty much up until game time. Um, it's not like college where you're sitting in a team hotel waiting around with the guys. You're pretty much free to go home. You got to make sure you get yourself mentally and physically prepared. You're putting the right stuff in your body because they treat you like professionals because that's what you are. So I think that's the biggest thing is just the, the treatment of going from having someone always constantly over your shoulder and kind of giving you a path that you need to walk down to your professional. You have a wider path to walk down, but make sure that you uh, get your job done once your time. You know what I find interesting in, in you saying that is I imagine that everything you do is to an extent charted or evaluated, um, even even warming up. I'm sure that there's always someone watching you or a camera on you. Uh, is that the case or do you have some liberties uh, before practice officially starts to where you can go get some kinks out, uh, go do leg swings, do no steps, do ones like do you do you have any freedom like that or is it always someone that's just there. Yeah, you do have some freedom, but uh, like you said, there's probably always someone there. Like for instance, I stayed after one practice with the uh, other practice squad kickers. I mean, a uh, snapper and punter. And I thought I was doing a session on my own and I hit my last ball and I turned around and my special teams coach was like standing in the doorway waiting by the exit and watched for like 30 minutes after practice. So there's definitely always someone watching. That's awesome. No, everything counts at that level. It's, it's just neat. I have a final question for you. This is much different, but it's something that has always impressed me. I found this out a few years ago about you from your teammates at UCF. I had no clue. I always knew you were a bright kid, but I didn't realize uh, this. Uh, you were awarded the Order of the Pegasus. And I know that sounds like a cool science fiction movie, but uh, it is um, the most prestigious award at University of Central Florida. It recognizes exemplary performance in academics, university involvement, leadership, and community service. Uh, additionally, you know, you majored in aerospace engineering. Uh, you were offered a job and you are currently still working at Lockheed Martin uh, after you graduated. 
when did you begin making school such a priority? And how do you think academics have helped you in your football career? Uh, yeah, my, my parents kind of instilled that in me in, in high school. Um, how that helps with football, I think, is just being uh, self-driven and being on task when you need to be. Um, if you can focus up for school and, and do a good job at something that you might not really love, but like, obviously I didn't, I didn't love, love studying for my aerospace engineering classes, but I knew that if I focused, studied up, did a good job, it would pay off. And that kind of translates into football. Like right now, I, again, like I was just saying, I don't have anyone over my shoulder, like, Hey Matt, it's Tuesday. You need to go do yoga and work out. But I know that if I want to be a better kicker tomorrow, I need to go do yoga and work out. Um, so it's just kind of, I think getting that intrinsic motivation, uh, and that'll kind of carry over into other aspects of your life. Yeah. You said it best. It's got to come from within. Um, there comes a point, And this is, again, this is for the high school boys out there. Some of you guys are doing it for your dad. Some of you guys are doing it for your mom and that's great, but it's gotta, if, if this is something you want to make a career out of, or, or you want to go to college and play at a high level, um, it's going to be very competitive to get there. It's getting more and more competitive each year, especially with kicking because there's, there's a lot more Matt Wrights than there were five, 10 years ago. I can assure you that there's some good high school kids. I think what separates the kids now, a big divider is in fact the, the management of time and, and how you conduct yourself in a classroom. Because if we're going to take a kicker, you know, and it's down to two, I, I imagine that one of those, one of those two kids is a much better student may have his test score already in may have already applied to the school he's, he's trying to get to. Um, these things make a difference, especially when you split hairs. So I, I, I just commend you. You're, you're a wonderful example uh, for the younger guys out there because what a contingency plan you have. You know, you, you're going to have an opportunity, yes, to play in the NFL yet again. But just in case you don't, say you, you get a, an injury that's recurring and you have to hang it up, it's just nice to know that, that you're going to be just fine because you've, you, you, you've set yourself up for success regardless of football or not. Um, so I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today and, and just being the example that you are to so many uh, young kickers, punters, snappers, specialists, coaches. Everybody out there needs to hear more stories like Matt Wright. Um, so thanks again, man. Uh, I always ask this. Could you share maybe how people could follow you? I don't know if you have a Twitter account that you'd want to refer them to, but I, I think people like to follow uh, guests on the show. Yeah, it's uh, I actually don't know it off head. It's Maddie Ice seven one seven with somewhere there's an underscore in there. I think um, I'm not a huge social media guy, so I don't know it exactly, but something like that. That do that does sound right. I know that. I think there is an underscore, but I think it's in between Maddie and 717. But if anyone on the show can't find him and uh, you'd like to talk to him, I'd be more than happy to, to, to give you his handle. But yeah, like I, I like that you're not a huge social media guy. You're, you're busy, right? You're taking care of you. I want to thank you yet again. It means a lot to everyone at Fourth Down Focus that you're able to share your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was great to talk to you and uh, look forward to working with you soon again. But yeah, so give us a like, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions related to fourth down focus, 
suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, several ways. Uh, my website is fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. It has endless resources for specialists and specialist coaches. On social media, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at fourthdownu. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at Dan Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thank you again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.